Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. I'm your host, Derek, as always, and you are joining us for episode 105 today. And today's episode is going to be We the Revolution Act 3. This is a game that you all know I've uh, loved since the second I picked it up, and I finished the game on stream on Tuesday uh, this week. And I'm here to talk about Act 3. Act 3 was the finale of this game, so we're going to talk about what happened in Act 3, uh, kind of the ending of the game, and kind of, you know, wrap it all up. So that's what we have coming up today. But before we get into that officially, we obviously have some news at the top of the show here. So our next podcast is actually going to be about Update 12.0 in State of Decay 2. Uh, that update just launched this week. I'm not doing the podcast on it this week, though, because I want to actually try the content for myself. I'll be trying the content on stream on Sunday, so that brings us into our streaming content. So our streaming will have Sunday, 12 to 4 Eastern, we'll be playing State of Decay 2. On Monday, 12 to 4 Eastern, we'll be playing State of Decay 2. And then on Tuesday, 12 to 4 Eastern, we're going to have a special Civilization Revolution stream. This is a game back in the 360 days that I played a lot, so we're going to go back to the 360 days to try and play that for a little while. And the reason we're doing that is because on Friday, we actually have a Friday stream again for once, uh, the first one of this month. And we're going to be playing Civilization VI. Civilization VI finally comes out to console on Friday. So next Friday, 1 to 5 Eastern, we're going to play some Civilization VI. We're going to have some fun with that and enjoy that game. So that's what we have coming up for the rest of the month there. Well, not the rest of the month, but um, next week, I should say. Sorry about that. The following week, we're going to actually have uh, Civilization VI content. The Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then on the Thursday or Friday, it's going to be a community vote what they want to see on that day. But that's what we have coming up, so I hope everyone is uh, ready for that. It should be a lot of fun. But we can dig into We the Revolution Act 3. So basically, Acts 1 and 2, we obviously know uh, the story so far, if you've been listening to the podcast, is, you know, we're Alexis Fidel, this judge of the French Revolution, and... We have lost our younger son. Our oldest son had his hand chopped off. Uh, we discovered that our brother was behind the whole thing the whole time. We took out all of our rivals, and it was kind of in his benefit. And now he's kind of uh, bringing an army to the gates of France and trying to take over France. And basically, Act 3, we're trying to battle back for France. So Act 3, we start the Battle of Paris. There's some new mechanics involved with this. It's, uh it goes more in the risk style sense than it actually was before, because basically you get replenishment of troops based on your reputation. So the more reputation you have, the more troops you get per turn. So every uh, day in the game, you get more troops to kind of put onto the game board of France, and basically you're trying to battle for France. Um, pretty much Bruno has unlimited supply of troops, so he's never going to stop coming. He is going to take over territories, there's nothing you can do to stop him from that. And you just try to have to hold out until the end of the game. If you can hold out to the end of the game, you can uh, you know, hopefully win the game. I barely, barely squeaked it out, but I technically squeaked it out. So <laughs> it's good that I squeaked it out, barely. But um, basically, you place down troops in the different territories. You try to have them defend. And you do the little battle minigames. The battle minigames are stuff that we had in Act 1 and 2. And basically, you choose the different tactics you want to attack with. And you try to do those uh, little battles and try to win. You can do a fast battle, which I tried one time, but um, the general I had doing the fast battle, they lost, and I thought it was just more fun to do the battle with myself, so I tried to do the battle with myself. 
which we actually knocked out some achievements with that too. Um, I think I got one achievement for like winning a battle with only using the same tactic every time. It's so, like I think I used um frontal assaults for like two or three turns in a row, and I actually won that battle, so I got an achievement for that. So that's kind of cool. But basically, um, day one is just some quick judgments. This is the shortest act in the game. It's got uh, 12 days for this act. And day one, you're just doing some quick judgments. You know, you're judging trials uh, quickly based on their factions. You know, who you want to execute, who you want to acquit. Day two, you have a trial of Etienne LeBeau. Uh, I'm not really going to go over that that much. I mean, it's not really that great of a trial. It's just kind of, you know, an intro trial to act three. Wasn't like anything too serious. Uh, day three's trial is a little more interesting. If you uh, have this trial, it's basically on Sebastian Thill. And he killed some cats and made food out of them. And basically, this is something that you actually have an encounter with a woman in the street, like after um, day two ends. Basically, you have this encounter, and then you can decide, okay, do I want to ignore this issue? Because you find her like with a bag of cats, basically. She's bringing them to him, and he was the butcher's son. And basically, you can ignore this and not ever have this trial, possibly. Or you could um, try to investigate it and try to um, try the person responsible. So... It depends which route you go, uh, if you're going to have that trial or not. But day four and five are honestly um, some of the bigger trials of Act 3, in my opinion. These are trials that, you know, were really disgusting, and I executed both people on days four and five because they absolutely deserved it, and I would do it again and again. Um, the day four trial is Claudine Cessier, and she's a midwife, and... Basically, she's on trial for strangling and killing a child, uh, a baby, to be exact. And basically, she believes that, this is her uh, mind view, we found out in the trial, but her mind view is that um, basically if she kills these female babies, then they don't have to suffer later on because she's trying to say, you know, it's suffering to be a woman and... Basically, if I kill these female babies, then they never have to suffer. So if I reduce the amount of uh, females in the world, then there's going to be a abundance of females, and then men have to compete for them, and it will actually uh, do more good for the females that are actually still in the world. And that's a really warped view of the world. It's uh, definitely, you know... I I don't even know what to put for for at this point. I mean, it's a super warped view. She's a monster, and she definitely deserved to die. So that is why I executed her. Um, I mean, I think on the very very base level, if you go really deep down into it, she in her own mind she thinks she's doing this for good. She thinks that she's actually helping women, but. Um, that is obviously not the way to go about it, by killing babies. No question, she deserved to die, I executed her. And I'd be shocked to find anyone that actually quit her. So that was the first one. Then the other trial that I absolutely had to execute the person is Marcus Pinay. Uh, Marcus Pinay, he's our black powder maker, and basically during the war, you know, he was making all of our black powder. He's, like, supposed to be the guy that's best at making black powder, which obviously you need a lot of that for the war. So, um... Some people, you know, want him to survive because he's making our black powder. But he was actually accused of raping several women. And basically, uh, these women come forward and they say, you know, hey, this guy, um, I was working the night shift and 
he uh, raped me, and then he basically just threw me a couple coins as if he like paid me to do it. And that is obviously not okay either. And I absolutely exited him because he's a rapist, so he deserves to die. So that is that. I mean, um, so these two trials were pretty cl- clear cut for me. And you have one person that's a baby killer and one person that's a rapist, so they both deserve to die. They've died. Uh, there was really no question about it for me at all. Even if um, it would have benefited me more to keep them alive, I probably would have killed them anyways because those are the type of trials is like, you know, you, you can't keep this person alive. Like, you just can't. So I, I got rid of them. So those are two um, very horrible trials to actually in, uh, hear about in the game. Um, definitely feel for anyone that, you know, would have actually went through that in the revolution itself. And, you know, I hope that uh, in the actual revolution, if anyone was doing those crimes, that they were put to death as well. And the next trial is uh, one that's not as bad, but um, it's still a bad offense. Just not anything as serious as murder or rape. But um, Michelle, or Michelle, I think you pronounce it, Michelle Gobert, um, he is a soldier who stole some geese. And basically, he uh, went to this farm. He stole some geese to a couple of guys, and uh, I actually ended up putting him to death as well. I believe I put him to death anyways. Yeah, I think I put him to death, and I think I acquitted the next guy. Um, uh, honestly, I put him to death more because it helped my uh, political aspirations in the game. You know, it helped me keep the peace with the different factions in the game. That was more about keeping the peace with the factions than it was about the uh, the case itself. I don't think, you know, his offense was really one worthy of death, per se, like the last two, but um, that's kind of what I did with him. And then the next trial on day seven is Bastien Baudet. Uh, he's a baker. His trial wasn't really that worthy of note, but I did acquit him uh, based on trying to keep, you know, my factions happy because at this point in the game, um, my reputation was going really low because... Bruno was taking over most of France, and uh, I was also losing, you know, a lot of trust with the factions. So I was just trying to stay afloat and try to stay alive, and that's the best thing I can do to stay alive at the point. But meanwhile, throughout all these days that we're talking about here, is a movement being made by um, some of the women in the game. I forget what her name is, but there's this one prominent woman in the game that's trying to make a woman movement to uh, get more rights for women. And basically, I have to try and uh, block that. The game tries to make you block that at first, and it tries to make uh, it where you have an option to actually deny that option. So she comes up with like sort of a doctrine or a declaration that she wants you and uh, other prominent men to sign, that you're going to give women more power, and in exchange, they will keep doing their duties at home to support the war. And basically, women are on strike saying, we're not going to support the war until it's a sign and we get more rights. And there's uh, a whole convention hearing that you have to try and convince the other men, hey, we should actually hear this out. We should actually, you know, look at what they want and um, try to do this. And I convinced them. Then there's a woman that's in jail, Grace Elliott, from earlier in the game. And I have to try and get her on my side to get dirt on the person that's responsible for this declaration that's trying to get the woman's rights. So I get Grace Elliott on my side. 
she makes up some accusations about the other woman. And then basically at that point, I have the option to either side with this declaration and uh, sign it as an act of good faith, or I can burn it up and uh, say, you know, we're not going to do this. And I chose to sign it. I don't really see any reason not to sign it. I mean, uh, it didn't seem like it was going to impact me negatively in the game. But even if it did, I mean, that's the right thing to do. So that's what I wanted to do. So I signed it. Um, nothing bad came of it. So that was good. So I'm glad I signed it. I'm glad I put that into act. And honestly, um, the whole part about Grace Elliott, where you have to try and convince her to smear the other person's name, if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't have done that. Cause I mean, like, I, I wanted to sign it the whole time. Like, the first time that this woman brought it up to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's sign it. But uh, we don't have the option right off. We have to go through a couple other steps before we get to the option where we can sign it. So if I wasn't forced to, I wouldn't have even tried to smear dirt on her, but the game forces you to, and I just played along because I wanted to try and keep my character alive. But at the end of the day, it got signed, and everything was good. So, you know, that was good there. Um, basically, though, day eight is some fast judgments, and I went through these fast judgments. And with these fast judgments, uh, it's the same thing as usual. You just, you know, pick which faction you want to help out whether it's the aristocrats, whether it's revolutionaries, the common folk, and you just kind of go through those fast judgments. You either quit somebody or uh, behead them. And then basically at this point is when we have uh, all the big stuff of Act 3 come into play. So at this point in Act 3, what happens is we have a run-in with our wife, actually, because uh, basically at this point is when our wife takes our oldest son and they leave us, and basically we're stuck at home with just our father at that point. And then we meet up with our wife and have a run-in on the uh, courthouse steps. Our wife stabs us and uh, leaves us there to die. So, um, you know, that was a fun uh, encounter. And then basically we are introduced to the Puppet Master. He's someone that's had influence over the game the whole time, apparently. And he gives us the ability to choose whether we want to lie, live or die at the end of the game. Or not at the end of the game, but at the end of our interaction with him. So basically, he uh, patches us up and says, you're going to live if you want to, or I could just, you know, open you back up and let you die. And basically, um, he gives us like this whole speech and there's a cutscene, and you can either choose right there, okay, you know, I've had enough of this, like I, I want to die, or I want to live. I think if you choose to die, the game ends right there, but I chose to live and try to, you know, keep our legacy going. And then at that point... You go to day nine where you have a trial of your wife. Uh, she's obviously arrested because you stabbed you right in the courthouse steps. You survived. And basically you learn that your wife actually also had an affair. So uh, someone that was previously in the game that we talked about in Act 2 and probably talked about a little bit in Act 1, uh, the former commander of the guard, Hanrio, that tried to defend Robespierre. He was uh, the person that you appointed as commander of the guard and tried to help get commander of the guard. That turned on you, and he was actually having an affair with the wife the whole time. So, um, basically, from the start of you appointing him commander of the guard, that whole time he was having an affair with your wife. So, you know, that was an uh, interesting detail to hear. And basically, the whole time she's sleeping with him behind her back. And, you know, our wife is pretty uh, cold about all this. She's basically telling us, like, you know, you caused all this. I, I don't care. I, 
the only thing I regret is that I didn't shove the knife in deeper, so you died. And that's basically, uh, she's pretty defiant in the whole thing. She admits to it all. She admits to the affair. Uh, and you have the choice there. You can either, you know, behead your wife, or you can uh, let her go. I chose to behead her. I mean, um, she tried to kill us, and she had an affair behind her back for a very long time. So I really saw no reason to keep her alive. Uh, so um, as sad as it was, I chose to behead her because I didn't think there was a good reason to keep her alive. I mean, basically, um, she tried to screw us over, and that was that. I mean, she tried to kill us after all. Like, I mean, what else am I going to do at that point? So that is actually our last uh, real full trial of the game. There's no more full trials after that. Basically, at this point, they tell you uh, your brother is getting too close to taking over France. So you, uh, there's going to be no more trials because everyone's too afraid to go to court. You know, everything's getting too crazy now. We have to try and defend France. And that's kind of where the game goes into just um, pretty much the political game board. The game goes into that mode. And by this point, I had already basically lost the game board. Um, I tried to defend as best as I could. I did not do a good job of that because by the time we get to day 10, uh, all I had left was I had people stuck in garrison still, but I had control over none of the areas, basically. But luckily, I had done a good enough job defending that I kept some of the garrisons that had a lot of people in them uh, alive for a while. And because I did that, I actually did survive to the end of the game. So um by the end of day 12, I still had some people, you know, left in the garrison of the capital city that I was uh, controlling. And we still survived to the end of the game. But I probably could have played that game board better. See, basically the game board, I think where I screwed up is I tried to defend like every territory. What I should have done is I should have focused myself in a couple of territories and really focused hard on those territories. And I tried to do that towards the end, but uh, by the time I tried to do that, it was too little too late, because I had already wasted a lot of my troops trying to defend like these outer territories. So what I should have done is really uh, hunkered down by my capital and let Bruno take the outer cities and really hunker down by the capital. That's probably what my best move would have been, but um, you know I didn't really know that coming into it, because you know this is kind of something very new to the game. It's kind of a new mechanic, and... I guess that's something that I would say um, probably could be improved in the game, you know, if they ever, like, redid it or they did a new version of the game or they did, like, a uh, a different revolution besides the French Revolution. They probably could do something where you understand how it's going to work a little bit better before you get to do it because throughout this game, they kind of introduce new mechanics at random points and you don't really know how those mechanics work. And if you fail at those mechanics it's kind of something that lasts in the game. So it's kind of like, oh, here's a new mechanic. Oh, you failed that. Oh, well, now this character's dead. Sorry. <laughs> so it's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't get a chance to actually practice that. Like, I, I don't know how that works. So, <laughs> so um, the game kind of, you know, throws you in fast and loose there, which in some respects I do appreciate. And in some respects, um, I wish didn't happen that way. Because, I mean, it, it's nice to have you, you know, learn very fast on the fly like that, because that's how it really would be in the French Revolution. But... In some senses, it would be nice to have a little bit more practice with some of these mechanics before you actually have um, lasting decisions in the game like that. But I did have fun with it either way, though. But basically, if you survived the end of day 12, what happens at that point is Napoleon Bonaparte um, 
he basically rides in and saves France and is called a hero. So he basically rides in and takes out all of Bruno's troops and everyone that's left in France is saved. And he's called a hero. There's like a big cutscene. You know, everything's great. Everything's, you know, uh, all hunky-dory. Yay, everyone's happy. And that's basically what happens there. And then basically you finally meet up with Bruno in a room. And Bruno's like, you know, well, uh, I, I won, you know, because um, basically now the revolution is dead and now this guy is going to be a dictator. So I actually won because I got what I wanted. You know, a dictator's back in control of France and there's no more revolution. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to see uh, his perspective on that. But basically what happens at that point is you have one final game of dice where the stakes are life. If you win, then Bruno, uh, you get to shoot Bruno. If Bruno wins, then he gets to shoot you, and basically one of you walks out alive, one of you gets killed. Um, fortunately for me, I had a really good game of dice. I smoked him on that game of dice, and I beat him. So then I pulled out a pistol, and uh, I shot my brother in the head. So it, it's kind of crazy to think about, because basically at the end of this game, your family is completely devastated. I mean... Your brother that you thought was dead came back to life, did all this stuff to screw you over the entire game, and then you shoot him in the head. And then, so he's gone, he's dead. Your wife tried to kill you, and you had to behead her. She's dead. Basically, your wife had an affair with the commander of the guard that you actually installed into the commander of the guard. He's dead. He died uh, trying to protect Robespierre, who is your enemy in the game. He's dead as well. Your youngest son was hung and killed by um, your enemies, who pretty much also all died. So you basically got revenge for that. And the people that are still alive, you have your father, who uh, basically was always by your side to some respect. And your oldest son is still alive with at one hand. So he has a hand chopped off, and we don't even know where he is. Because um, that's one thing the game never addresses, is where our oldest son actually is. Because basically... Your wife takes him away, and then she comes back to try and kill you, and she stabs you, but we don't ever find out where oldest son actually was. So hopefully, wherever oldest son actually was, he's alright, um, but I'm sure he hates our character wherever he is, and that's kind of where that stands. So basically, by the end of the game, our oldest son is alive with one hand off who knows where, and then we are alive with our father, and <laughs> that's basically where we end the game. So um, it's crazy how this all turned out, but... I really, really love the game. Um, the only last thing to mention before, you know, talking any further is that the ending cutscene, we do find out that, uh, Alexis Fidel obviously died at some point. And then basically it's these two people talking, uh, a mother and a child. And at the end, it's a cutscene where you see Alexis Fidel's grave and the mother's like, no, he's our hero. He was the hero of France. And, uh, so it's really cool that you actually get remembered as a hero of France because of all the uh, work you did to try and, you know, end the corruption and everything. So, I mean, obviously, you know, not everything we did in the game was great, but it is nice to know that uh, the work that we did ended up doing good. So, it's nice that, you know, our character gets remembered as a hero, but it's just crazy to think that, you know, he had to go through all this suffering for that to happen. And I think that's a good depiction of the French Revolution, you know, because at the end of the Revolution, good things did come out of it. But there's a lot of suffering that had to happen in order for that a good to come. So I think it's a really good depiction of the French Revolution in the end. And 
I think, you know, throughout the game, it's a really good depiction as well because it puts you through a lot of these uh, tough choices where you're like, oh, this guy is definitely guilty. He should die. Get him out of there. He's dead. But then there's also some choices like uh, back in Act 1 and 2 where I really didn't want to kill someone and I unfortunately ended up doing it because I needed, you know, influence with these other factions. And there's a lot of stuff like that, too. So uh, and then you had, you know, allies turning on each other. Our mentor, you know, betrayed us uh, in Act 2 and tried to, he basically gave up information that killed our son. So, like, there's a lot of stuff um, throughout this game that really depicts the revolution in the way that it should be, I think. But, honestly, um, this is one of my games of the year for sure. Um, basically, this, Borderlands 3 and uh, Civilization 6 will probably be my top three for the year. I'm not really sure where I would rank those three yet. I do think I would rank this higher than Borderlands 3, though, so um, that is for sure. But that's basically where we ended up at the end of the game. I definitely love this game. If you haven't checked it out, you know, definitely check it out. I mean, obviously, you've been uh, spoiled at this point, but uh, I would definitely check it out. But uh, that's, you know, We the Revolution Act 3. So, you know, at the end here, to uh, recap our news from the top, uh, our next podcast episode is going to be about State of Decay 2 Update 12.0 which we got some new bounties and things like that. So we'll talk about that next week. Our next stream is going to be Sunday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, playing some State of Decay 2. Monday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, playing State of Decay 2 as well. On Tuesday of next week, we'll play some Civilization Revolution from the 360 days. And that'll be 12 to 4 Eastern. And then next Friday will be our first uh, Friday stream in a while. We're going to play some Civilization 6. That's going to be our uh, premiere stream where we play that. So. It's coming to console finally. It's been on PC for a while, but it's finally coming to console. So when it comes to console that day, we're going to play it. Uh, Zombie and I will jump in there. We'll have some fun with it. We'll probably play on uh, baby mode at first just to kind of get the mechanics down because a lot of the mechanics have changed since Civilization Revolution. So uh, I'll probably play on baby mode for the first game to just kind of you know get a feel for the new mechanics. But that's what we have coming up next week. If you want to contact me, you can do so via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can do so via Facebook or YouTube, which I'm not on too often, though. You can do so via my Xbox Gamer tag or Twitter, at blazeexperience for both. That's B, capital B, L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-N-C-E. If you want to find us, then you obviously are listening to us right now, so you have that way right there. Other ways you can listen to us, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you can listen to us on iTunes, Radio Public, Blueberry, Podbean, basically any uh, podcast player with the exception of iHeartRadio. That's the only one we're not on right now. And basically, if you just type into your search bar of the Blaze Experience, you will find us somewhere. So whatever app you want to use, that's perfectly fine. If you don't like apps, then what you can do is join our Discord, which is in the show notes. And in our Discord, I have a channel that says direct download links. You can just click on direct download links and you have links available to you for any podcast episode we've ever done. So you can definitely check those out. And with that being said, you know, I hope you um, enjoyed this episode on We The Revolution Act 3. Uh, if you are already a Patreon member, I would suggest you check that out. Patreon is a way to give back to content creators. And basically, uh, you get little rewards for doing so. So, for example, at our $5 tier, you get access to bonus episodes that I do. So you can uh, check that out. That's patreon.com slash blazeexperience. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash blazeexperience. If you want to check that out. 
And then also, if you'd like some merch, we have some merch with our logo on it that has uh, T-shirts, it has pillows, stickers, a lot of different things. And you can check that out at teespring.com slash stores slash Blaze Experience. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com slash stores, S-T-O-R-E-S slash Blaze Experience, spelled the same way as before, B-L-A-I-S-E-X-P-E-R-I-N-C. So I do appreciate you all listening. And um, I'm looking forward to next week to talk about Update 12 and State of Decay 2. So we will see you then, but thank you for listening to the latest experience.